Hello, and welcome to this Lunar Listen. Today we have a science communication blog post where Cameron is sharing his research on autism in medical school, and Rebecca shares her reflection on his findings based on her lived experience. I'm Cameron, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm a master's student at Edinburgh University, and I'm a research assistant. For my psychology undergrad, I picked this dissertation topic because my brother's autistic and has a learning disability. I knew anecdotally that autistic people can have quite negative healthcare experiences, but autism is rarely featured in medical school, despite GPs being part of an autism diagnosis process. To me, this seemed counterproductive, non-inclusive and imperative to change. Autistic people are more likely to have unfulfilled healthcare needs and have poorer physical health, mental health and mortality outcomes. With a coexisting learning disability, these outcomes are even poorer. And there are roughly two theoretical explanations for this. So firstly, some research argues that features of autism, such as repetitive restrictive behaviours or sensory sensitivities, might make it more challenging to engage in healthy behaviours. So for example, autistic people might be less physically active than neurotypical people or find it harder to eat or brush their teeth due to oral sensitivities. More recently, research has focused more on autistic people's interactions with healthcare professionals. Evidence suggests that health professionals might not have sufficient knowledge or awareness of autism. The cross-party group on autism in 2020 researched autistic adults' experiences with healthcare professionals, and they found that the autistic adults in this um, study reported that in their experience, about a third of health professionals had little to no understanding of autism. Healthcare environments are also really autism inaccessible, with which health care professionals' lack of knowledge likely leads to these health disparities that we see. My supervisor explained it really well to me, and that going into hospital can be scary for anyone, so imagine how hard it must be for an autistic patient when the professionals struggle to understand or manage your care. So I decided to look at what healthcare students were learning about autism at medical school, believing that if their autism training was improved, they'd be more prepared once they qualified. After all, if 1% of the population is autistic, they're bound to treat autistic patients at some point. So in methods, I use both quantitative, that's numbers, and qualitative about people's experiences in this project. So first, I used a measure of autism knowledge, and that measured aspects such as knowledge and beliefs about autism, diagnostic knowledge, and aspects like clinical self-efficacy. And this is the belief that someone would provide a successful environment to treat an autistic person. I then asked healthcare students open-ended questions about their understanding of autism and how it's taught in their respective courses. Overall, I recruited 132 medicine, nursing and dentistry students from 62 universities across the UK. 78% of my participants had a personal relationship with an autistic person, the majority being a family or a family friend. 60% of my sample had previous work or voluntary experience with autistic people. The majority of my sample is also female, and this is a common recruitment bias in psychology and autism research. So my quantitative results showed that healthcare students... Um, in my sample possessed good autism knowledge scores and there was no significant difference in knowledge between degrees. Nursing students had significantly higher self-efficacy in autism than medical students, perhaps indicating they feel more comfortable working around autistic patients. As hypothesised, having personal experience with autistic people significantly predicted their knowledge. Interestingly, despite this good um, knowledge, the participants in my sample all reported that autism was not taught very well at medical school, 
The participants were extremely knowledgeable about autistic patients and how to make accommodations for them, but when I asked where they learned about autism, they more talked about their personal experience and how that informed their practice. So for example, one nursing student recalled how her little brother was pinned down by professionals and how she actually felt more knowledgeable than staff. Another talked about working with autistic children at a summer camp and how this now made them want to pursue a career in learning disability psychiatry. When I asked participants how they think autism should be taught, they had really excellent ideas. When they actually were taught about autism, it was usually quite stereotypical, focusing on the little autistic boy. My participants know that this wasn't really useful, as it didn't capture the differences and wide variation among autistic people. Participants wanted to be taught beyond this prototypical autistic person, and learn about autistic women, autistic adults, and those with both high and low support needs. Furthermore, participants talked about how autism could be incorporated into communication skills training. So, medical students have classes on how to communicate to patients, such as breaking bad news or taking a history. And it made sense to my participants to include autism into this, as social communication differences could make talking to autistic patients more challenging, which therefore impedes their care. Sadly, my participants noted that despite these suggestions, systematic issues prevented autism from being taught properly in the degrees. They suggested this could be because of the current state of NHS education, staff shortages, limited specialist services and COVID delays. Participants felt it was unlikely that autism um, teaching would really be prioritised. So looking forward, clearly we need to incorporate autism in the medical curriculum. My sample was biased. Most of the sample had personal experience with autism, but this perhaps still indicates a need. So despite being knowledgeable, all my sample wanted more training. And it raises the question, what happens to the students who don't have this experience? The students I researched were so passionate, but unfortunately not every autistic patient will meet such informed and compassionate professionals like my sample. So where do we go from here? Well, my qualitative results suggest that including autism in communication skills and teaching to the diversity of autism is a good actionable start. I found that experience with autistic people led to better knowledge, so therefore having medical students meet autistic people in a representative and practical way might be worthwhile. Some universities have used disability theatre groups to teach undergraduate healthcare students. Diverse patient educators might improve students' confidence with patients and instill a greater appreciation of service users' experience. Finally, it's not enough just to look at the curriculum. Clearly, systematic factors like funding and staffing are making it challenging to teach autism in medical school. Further research should consider the systematic barriers that are impacting on teaching healthcare professionals. On reflection, one of the key takeaways I got from researching this project was my own biases. So my little brother has very high support needs, and in the future, I'll be in charge of his care. This influences my research interests and my positionality, which is really important. Lastly, I'm not an autistic person, and I need to be aware of my own voice in research. I'm really glad to see autistic researchers at the forefront challenging this narrative. I see role models like Dr. Monique Botha at Sterling champion autistic researchers, and I've learned a lot about how position as a sibling, despite all my good intentions, might minimise the, minimise the voice of autistic people. And I've learned that research is never really free from bias, so we should work with our own standpoints and be transparent about them. I'm Rebecca, she, her, a school student who has autism and has experienced a range of healthcare settings. I was interested in this research as I wanted to learn more about how the healthcare professionals I come in contact with have been trained about autism. As someone who is autistic myself, learning from this paper about how little teaching students receive about autism at medical school disappoints me. 
As Cameron pointed out, people with autism may struggle with their health more than other people, so I feel there should be something highlighted in their learning, as well as showing the diversity of autism and how it affects everyone differently. It's not a one-size-fits-all situation. However, from my experience of healthcare, I can back up Cameron's findings that most medical staff do have a good understanding of autism. They have understood my extra needs when it comes to my health, such as struggling with uncertainty, heightened anxiety and needing more support when it comes to treatments. I feel this research has well represented my experience in healthcare. Thank you for listening to this Lunar Listen. You can find other recorded blog posts on our Spotify or Apple Music. You can check out all the other fab work we do on our Facebook, our Twitter at The Lunar Project, our Instagram at The Lunar Project UK and our website www.thelunarproject.org.uk.